Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Hashtag Clocked In with me, your host, Jordan Edwards. I'm thrilled to have you tune in as we dive into the dynamic world of productivity, success, and stories of incredible individuals who've mastered the art of getting things done. Whether you're commuting, hitting the gym, or just relaxing at home, this podcast is the go-to source for inspiration and actionable tips to level up your productivity game. I'm on a mission to unravel the secrets of those who seem to effortlessly manage their time and achieve their goals. So if you're ready to clock in and unlock your full potential, you're in the right place. We've got a lineup of amazing guests, industry experts, and thought leaders who will share their insights and strategies to help us crush your to-do list and make the most out of every moment. Get ready to get inspired, motivated, and equipped with the tools you need to supercharge your productivity. This is Hashtag Clocked In with Jordan Edwards. Let's dive in. What's up? It's Clocked In with Jordan Edwards here. Hey, what's going on, guys? I got a very special guest here. Jeff Lopes. He's an entrepreneur based in Toronto, and he's the founder of Kumaraware and True Blue Homes. Jeff's podcast, the Jeff Knows Inc. podcast, is expanding at vast rates and helps build his true passion, which is balancing fatherhood and entrepreneurship. Jeff, how are we doing today? Good, brother. How are you? Thank you for having me on, Jordan. I appreciate uh, I appreciate the platform. I appreciate our friendship, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm super excited to have you on. We've been developing this friendship fast and steady. And how how's everything going in Toronto, first off? Uh, as of, obviously, this will probably be, I'm assuming, pre-recorded. But as of uh, today, May 17th, we're still on a full lockdown. Wow. And uh, business has been, um, it's been challenging, like everybody. I mean, we have different outlets and different passive income. So we're allowed to still navigate through this, 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 this crazy times, right? But um as as a country and as a province here in Ontario, which is like our province, are equivalent to the to the U.S. estates, um, we're on full lockdown, like stay at home order lockdown, and wow. it's uh, golf courses are closed, like everything is closed every time. They actually have pre-closed every, even though there's vaccinations going on like crazy, they have pre-closed every single summer event right till Labor Day, which is September seventh. Oh which is crazy. God. Like we have jazz festivals. We have so many live events downtown. And we have one thing at the end of the year, which is it's been going on for God, like 70, 80 years. I don't know how long it is. This is a CNE. And the CNE is like the end of summer bash where it's, it's this big carnival where it's thousands of vendors, that tons of rides. It's just food. And it's just this crazy, massive, massive thing that happens every year. And you got, Thousands, thousands of people travel around the world to come here. It's this massive thing that goes on for almost two and a half weeks every year. And that kind of caps the end of summer. They already canceled it. And this is like an end of August. They already canceled it for the year, which is crazy. So yeah, it's um it's been very challenging. It's hard to see small businesses. I try to do as much as I can to help small businesses right across Canada. But um they just capped the other day. They said we're close to 12,000 small mama papa restaurants have all locked their doors right across Canada. Wow. Um, I deal with the gym industry, um, the martial art specific industry, and um, as a brand, and we we wholesale to all the gyms um, in Ontario alone, which is one province out of, out of the, all the territories right across Canada. Um, we were dealing with about 
500 gyms in Ontario. And uh, so far, close to 70 gyms have all locked their doors. So it's just as you're seeing these small businesses, they just can't stand it, right? They just can't stand it. The, yeah. the, 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 the elongation of this, it just keeps going on and on and on and on. And it feels like there's no hope in the end of the tunnel right now. So it's it's been tough in Canada for all the small businesses. So that's uh, that's what's going on here in Canada. Overall, <laughs> life is uh, yeah. life life got, has to continue on, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but that's the good thing about the day and age we're in because we have remote. I'm in Tampa, Florida. You're in Toronto. We're able to still have this conversation. Um, if we, if we're thinking outside the box, we can talk to people and be powerful, which I like. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So, where did your uh, where did your entrepreneurial journey start off? And had, oh had God, Jordan, man, I, I, I've I've always been a hustler, man. I've always I I'm on that mindset where you could teach somebody all the skills, the mindset, the tools, give them all the tools to be an entrepreneur. But if you don't have the hustle, you don't have it. And I've always been a hustler. I mean, since from a very young age, I was a guy selling sports cards at 13, 14, the, the hustle to make money. When I turned 17, I started my first company, which is called Strictly Security Services. And um, ran the company for about a year and a half until this day, the gentleman I sold the company to for 2,500 bucks. I still remember it got a check for 2,500 bucks. It was like the biggest thing in my life at, at, at that age. And that guy still runs the company after all these years. Wow. And at 19, I really got into it. I was taking fitness in college and I love the fitness industry. I was really into working out and um, I started consulting fitness business. So I was applying personal training systems in big box gyms back then they didn't have it and I would build back-end systems so I would build an office in the back of the gym where you bought a membership you were forced to do an assessment assessment we we had personal trainers we run you through assessment all this is this is going on 20 almost 25 26 years ago we were doing this right and then I had uh, six personal trainers working for me and we would do all in-house training so there's a couple of really really high-end areas in Toronto and I would get contracts with people, charge them back then, which was a lot of money back then, 40, 45 bucks an hour to be trained by a trainer. And I would pay our trainers like 20 bucks an hour. And I would just pretty much be the middleman of the, the markup there. And I ran that for uh, a few years. And then from there, I got into a sports memorabilia business. I got into an event company. I opened and opened branded two gyms. Um, God, I, I've been everywhere. Then in 2006, um, I've always been the type where I love building and selling, building and selling. In 2006, I thought I was going to build another company, exited it after a couple of years. And that was when uh, Kimura was born. And God, fast forward uh, this January, this past 15 years, we still have a company, which I'm, I'm still shocked that we still have. It's been, a, it's been our kind of our little... Uh, our little, uh, our little money cow, you want to call it. And, and over the years, the company has just been take away 2020, obviously the world changed, but yeah. we were going from 2006 on between a 17 to 21% growth year to year. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and that company allowed so many different other opportunities, right? And nine years ago, um, actually I would say now 13 years ago, our, our life changed with, with, uh, with, uh, aha moment in our life when our son was born and and i had to, and i realized after a few years i needed they didn't know the future of my children so i needed to find something that gave them some type of security and yes. and i realized with kimura where kimura was expanding it was growing it was so much money but if i was gone for two months three months you see the numbers either flatten or drop and it was just as much as you try to instill this 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 drive into your employees and, and give them incentives the end of the day they don't have the passion you do for your business, no matter what. Because they're and, not the owners. 
Yeah. So it was a situation where it's like, you know what, the company's doing amazing. Or we're doing amazing. We're growing at such a rate, crazy rate, but I need something more sustainable. And I really dove into the real estate market and nine years in nine years, we've picked up nine properties and uh, we're trying to at a rate right now, we're trying to pick up one property a year and they're all either vacation or commercial. So they all bring passive income. And uh, that is, that is where I am right now with that company, which is called true blue homes. And um, we literally try to buy at a crazy rate. We try places we can do kind of fixer uppers, but we don't flip them. We actually use them as, like I said, vacation rentals in great spots, or we'll have them as, as commercial uh, commercial rentals. And we try to lock in good tenants at a good rate that you don't know they'll be loyal in there for a long time. Yeah, I, I love that strategy because it's diversifying. So the key is to be open to new opportunities at all times with Jeff. That's that's your MO. You're open to new opportunities, seeing what's out there. So what got you into when when you mentioned you had you had your kid and you wanted to go into this passive income world? What yeah. was the cause of that? What what was what happened? So in two thousand and eight, uh, my um I was one of those typical I'll dive into it quickly. I was one of those typical entrepreneurs. I was working crazy hours. I was, I was never home. Um, and I was building the company. I had a couple other businesses in the past in that little window that I, I was trying to close and sell off at a gym. I was trying to close and sell off. And my wife at that time was 31 weeks pregnant. Um, I had a year and a half year old daughter and it was a Friday afternoon. My wife got rushed to the hospital. We got the phone call. My wife got rushed to the hospital and uh, she had an emergency C-section and um, that same night, I almost lost my wife and my son at the same time. And uh, I was put into a room where uh, the doctors looked at us and um, they were giving oxygen to my son. My wife was knocked out because she had just had surgery. And they looked at us and said, your son's got about five, 10 minutes left of life. Um, do you have a name for him? And we didn't even have a name for him at that time, Jordan. And, and the name, the first name that came to my head was Tiago, which means God's warrior. And I'm not even a religious person. And that was the first thing I just wrote down on, a, on his birth certificate, Tiago. And, and that's essentially how our journey started. And um, he was taking a sick kids hospital. We have one of the greatest hospitals in, in, in the world for children, for, for uh, pediatric care in, in Toronto, Canada. And the next four months, he became my purpose. Work wasn't my purpose. Nothing was my purpose. I turned off for answering service. I turned off. And all I was focused on was getting him out of the hospital. And through the process, we almost lost him four or five times. He had six organs that were severely damaged. His brain was severely damaged. And at four months old, we were so fed up of being at the hospital. We kind of forced doctor's hands to, to discharge him. And he was still four and a half pounds at four months old. At four months old, he fit in the palm of my hand still. And, oh uh, and he was on uh, feeding tubes, hadn't swallowed yet. So we had to take a baby home that never swallowed. We had to teach him how to swallow with this little, little one ounce baby bottle. And he had reflex. He was spit over everything. Um, and we took him home and it was just like, what do we do? And when we, when we brought him home, that discharge papers, um, we were kind of ready for it, but it was still a shock when uh, he was diagnosed and quote unquote labeled with uh, several palsy. And they said he would be most likely confined to a wheelchair because his brain damage is the rest of his life. And it was just one of those aha moments where it's like, what do we do? And I remember waking up the next day and looking at my wife and saying, like my biggest fear is seeing my son suffer. And my biggest fear was waking up at six years old and being like, seeing my son 
suffer all those years and be like, I didn't do everything I could to help them. And that's when like the next day I just, I just went into full like entrepreneurial action where I created a plan for him. And I was like, we're going to put every penny into resources. We're going to put every penny we can into creating the best opportunity for him to succeed. And, and I went into full action mode where I changed my schedule around. He became my family, became my purpose. Uh, one of my purpose, but at that time, my main purpose and, and I scheduled, I was scheduled three to four hours every day, which after all these years, I still do it. It's called my three to seven. And I try to be home every day from three to seven. And, and I would be on my hands and knees, stretching his legs things. And fast forward, we were able to get him to, um, to braces, which is AFOs up to his knees. And we were told, um, which was a huge, huge, I mean, such an amazing moment when he was able to walk with those. And we were told he would be in those till he was 19 Fast forward prior to his 12th birthday, he was out of his braces. And we set a goal that uh, before his 13th birthday, we had a plaque on his wall in his bedroom. We said before his 13th birthday, we wanted to run a marathon with him. And he, April 19th, which is 13th birthday, April 18th, I ran a, we ran our first 5K together. And he killed it, crushed it because he freaking motivated my ass to do it because I was tired halfway. So we ran our first marathon together. So he's, it's been this full, amazing full circle. But through the process, I didn't know his future. I didn't know his outcome. So I yeah. wanted to make sure if something were to happen to me, he was taken care of. He had the he had the properties. Um, he had the passive income. And obviously, not going to forget. But my daughter, well, she's she's been an incredible, this incredible, incredible gift. This kid. And so what I do everything is when I buy anything, if I buy real estate, if I buy like like a studio apartments at the bottom of a a village hill or something. I always buy two. If I buy, if I buy a loft, I buy two. So I buy, I've been bought. That's why I've been doing two of everything. It's nine now because one of the properties was actually two pieces of land that I've joined together and <laughs> we're building out, we're building out a 16 acre cabin resort in Northern Ontario right now. So that's another thing we're building right now in Muskoka, Canada. So yeah, it's been essentially, so I've been doing that also when one day something does happen to me, they're they're set for life, man. I mean, they don't, they don't, they'll never have to work a day in their life if they don't have to, if they don't want to. Yeah. That's incredible. <clears throat> I think it's super important that with your son, especially as he comes out and there's constant objectives or not objectives, just constant obstacles in the way. And they're like, <clears throat> you might not make it here. You might not make it there. It just, you realize how valuable the time is oh. because we place value on things that we don't, when there's limited amount of it, like, like for example, people go on vacation for a week and they're like, Oh my God, every single day is so important. I got to make sure I get the most of every day because it's valuable because it's limited. So due to the fact that your son, every single time there's something that comes up, it feels limited because they're like, he might not be able to do this. He might be not be able to do this. He might not be here. You know what's funny, Jordan is, is, is after all these years, Tiago is so mentally strong. That is not what he could do. It's it's now he's surpassing everybody else. Like I don't even question what he, this kid could do anymore. So we've said all. I've been video blogging from birth everything he's done. So this for marathon was one. He's going to do a shitload of them. Um, another thing is um, his brain was very because his brain damage um, kind of implied it like really focused on his right side of his body. So when he was born, his whole right side of his body had very little motion. Now he's fully balanced. He can do everything with both sides, but he forced himself to learn how to do everything at a baby with his left hand. So I don't know if I told you this, but he's obsessed with baseball. He's became this insanely crazy left-handed pitcher. So he's just 13. 
He just hit the other day, a couple months ago, 56 miles an hour as a lefty. Wow. Accurate is crazy. He throws over 85% accuracy for, for strikes. This kid's an insanely crazy pitcher. So we're documenting his journey because um, one of his goals is by time insurance 1718 to hit 90 miles an hour as a lefty. So we're doing all these documenting his journeys. And his his he's inspired so many people. Like this kid is the most driven kid. He's so focused. I mean, both my kids are workout fanatics. Like they don't play video games. Like I'll come home, Jordan, and they're they're fighting over who can use a treadmill. Like these <laughs> kids work out. They work out five six days a week on their own. Like full out, like full out workout, taking supplements. Like these kids are like completely fitness yeah. fanatics. And so there's so many goals that we are setting. And and to be honest. I've really focused in the last, God, through 13, 14 months on personal branding, which I've never done before. And there was a reason for that. Um, one, because I, I created the platform, A Man's Purpose, which is for entrepreneurial dads. We'll talk about it in a bit. Of, but second, uh, I wanted to create myself into this brand. Um, so I've been on stage a few times. I have a few more this year. I want to create myself into this brand where everybody recognizes me. So, and this has nothing to do with me. When my son's ready to step on stage, the platform's built for him because he's going to be on stage. He's going to inspire millions of people around the world when he when it's his time. And I know that already. And to the point where I, we practice public speaking already at this age, he does public speaking to me. We're, we're had like we're, we're practicing all the time. So when he's like literally 17, 18, 19, he's going to be on stage next to me. And eventually he'll just kind of take it over. And he's going to man, he's going to he's going to change millions and millions of people's views of how to never give up, man. Just be unstoppable. Just, just mindset is just at a different, different level. I love it. I love it. Where do you think that came from? And where do you think? I think I, think I, I pushed him past. Us. I think, uh, I mean, like I said, the hustle, I don't think you really could teach. I think I, as a dad, I pushed him past his limits as a kid. And, and as a baby, I, I would constantly push him past his limits and I would never let him fail. So what I mean by that is for example, something simple like hopping on late, it took three months. And three months, hours a day, hours a day to get to that point. Most people would be like, okay, he's not going to do it. I'm like, you're fucking doing it till you get this shit. And because I've been so driven with that, like even as a kid, like for him to put his finger through plaster scene, it was so hard. He couldn't push through it. And it was just hours and hours. And we everything we focus on, we would set a goal. I have all these charts all over his bedroom and we would set goals, how much weight he's going to gain, how hard he's going to throw a ball. We always have these goals and we don't stop till we get it, check it off, set the next goal. And I think we've done that from day one. And I think I've instilled this self-belief in him. Like I created these, I got these two wood plaques made when, um, for my daughter and my son years back. And I did a post on the years, years back and it says, believe in yourself. And I put them outside their bedroom door, right off top their door. And before they go to bed, this is going on for years. I would, I always make them stop and say it out loud five times. I believe in myself. I believe in myself. I believe in myself. And, and it's just this constant push and push and push. And I think that is something a lot of kids don't get when they're young. They don't get that self-belief. They don't get that. They don't get that push. They're allowed to get home, sit in front of a video game all day. They're not pushed past their limits. And the thing is, is our limits are so wide as, and the thing is we never really, as humans, I believe probably 80, 90% of people never get past their little limit. They limit themselves and they never get past this because no one's there to push them through. And I think a lot of people don't have the self-motivation to push themselves through. So a lot of people are like, always tell me like Tiago was meant to be my son. Cause I'm just, I'm obsessively driven, like obsessively driven. I put something in my head. It's done. I don't give a shit. Who's no one's going to stop me from being done. I've been like yes. this. And, but I, I'm the opposite belief where he was meant to be 
my son because I'm a better human. I'm a better dad. I'm a better man because of him. He's just every day he inspires me, pushes me, drive he drives me to be focused and he gives me focus. So I think it's 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 this perfect little marriage between us and we know how to push each other and how to drive each other. So it's it's been it's been such an incredible journey, man. And and a lot of people are like, would you go back? And no, I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't change anything. Everything he's been through is is made him to who he is. And this kid's an absolute gem, right? I love it. Yeah. I mean two major things that you said right there is the first one is that you guys help each other and you learn from each other. It's so important to be able to don't be, oh, I know everything. I can do everything. No, you got to be able to learn from each other. It's the strongest thing we have. And then the second point I love that you did is the belief, the power to believe, because once you have that, you can do anything. There are so many people that are restricted by one person going, no, you can't do that. Who cares? Who cares? We're all people. Who cares? And I, I think that's really powerful. So what are some of the major tips that allowed your children, you feel, um, to be the most successful for them? Because I know parenting is such a struggle. Um, with, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's there's so many factors. I mean, and that's something I, mean, I got a huge passion for. For the last 12, 13 years, I've really studied parenthood and fatherhood, and, and I've really intaked as much knowledge as I could now be able to pass it on. But um, a lot of things have to render with the word fear. I think fear is something, and you kind of dove into it right there, is a lot of people are scared. They're scared of people's reactions. They're scared of what their peers, their family are going to say. So they don't take that opportunity. They don't take that chance because they're so scared of failure or rejection. And I think you have to, as a parent from a young age, put your children in situations where they are going to fail and then make them realize that failure is not a bad thing. It's just a lesson. And that's the one thing I've done with my kids from day one is I put them in situations where um, whether it's it's competitive through sports or through events or anything like that, I put them in situations where I know that they are going to fail. But once they fail, I sit there and I really break down and, and, and analyze how they failed, what made them fail. And I really analyze the kids that finish ahead of them, what they did right. And I try to turn it into a lesson. And then I make them redo it again and redo it again until they get first. And it's having that mindset of a failure is not a big thing. It's just a lesson. And then second is fear is I put my children, we do it as a family, to be honest. Every few months, we find something our kids are scared of. And as a family, we do it together, whether it's climbing something, riding something, whatever it is, we actually, as a family, do it together and then accomplish it together. So there's certain things parents can do as at a very young age to kind of break that fear factor and make them realize that, hey, I could try something. And if I fail, not a big deal. I could do it again. And then instilling, it's almost like that, that, that affirmation of telling them that, hey, make them understand that it's, it's okay not to give a shit what people think. Stop living your life giving a shit what people think. I tell my kids all the time. My daughter's like, oh, come home. Like My friend said this. I look at her like, is that going to affect what you do? Do you get really, is it going to affect you going to, when you wake up tomorrow morning, what that girl said to you, is that going to affect your life? Is that going to affect your whole life? And she's like, no. And I go, so don't allow people's outside influence to affect your life. And I'd say this in a regular basis, I instill this in them. And so there's, there's instilling that stop giving a shit of what other people think. Stop putting your children in situations where they are breaking their own fears. 
challenge them on a regular basis, and then build that self-belief in them. Like make sure they realize that they believe in themselves. They you teach that from a very young age, and it starts building and building and building. By the time they turn young adults, they're complete animals, man. They're they're not they're fearless of the world, right? And then on top of it, through the process, you you create the tools as a parent. I mean, there are certain tools that our educational system doesn't teach our kids. Sales, public speaking, networking, communication. There's so many different skills that I'm literally at home teaching my kids. So when they get into the real world, they can walk into a room with 100 people, whether they're doctors, lawyers, high-end CEOs, or just a freaking homeless person and know how to communicate with everybody at every level. And if yeah. you could learn how to do that, you're going to conquer the world, right? So there's so many things I think parents just go through this everyday routine and make, ah, the school system takes care of this. They come home, put them in front of the video game. I'm too busy with my life. Let me focus on my personal stuff. My, And they don't really understand how they are neglecting their children. And then, and then when it's, they realize it's too late. I mean, 80, they say 80, 90% of the face time we get with our kids, and you're not a dad yet, but eventually, hopefully one day you will, is before the age of 18. So. Wow. You think of that number, 18, like my daughter just turned 15. Like, I don't even, I, I still remember her freaking walking around like in my arms, could not even be able to crawl. So the time does fly. So understanding that. And then one thing you had also said is understanding time as. as it's, a, the, it's the relationship currency. with time. Yeah. It's it's currency. Time is time is a currency, right? And I try to live every single day with zero regrets. Yeah. And I did this, I've been doing this for years. And, and like, if my parents were to call me and say, Jeff, I need this, I would drop everything and come down and see them. I would call my parents all the time. And even though I, I live with zero regrets, no matter what, you're still going to have regrets. And, and before we went on air, you're aware of my situation. My father just passed and I still have regrets. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, everybody's like, Jeff, you're such a good son. You're always there with him. You took him everywhere. You did everything with your dad. And I still have regrets. I'm like, I could have been there more. I could have done more with him. Like, so you always have regrets. So no matter what, rule number one is understand time is limited and, and pick up the phone, call your loved ones, spend time with them. Money comes and goes, man. Who gives a shit about money? Money comes and goes. If you're a good entrepreneur, you could, believe me, you could build anything. It's You have to focus on the things that matter, which is, your family, your loved ones, your close friends, focus on that and everything else comes around. And I've been, I've been a strong advocate of my schedule where I, I focus Jordan, my schedule is put around my family. So I put my family schedule in my schedule first every month. And then I yeah. build everything else around it. And even though I did that, even though I still call my dad every day and I still spend as much time as I could with him, I still have regrets. So for everybody out there that has a loved one, that's getting older or just in general, just Spend time with your loved ones, man. Just live with zero regrets. Yeah, no, I absolutely love that. And it's very difficult for people to have that mindset change because it's like you were saying, everyone's hustle, 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 hustle. And I have to stay focused and I got to do this. But then to bring the family in, it's a, it's a difficult dynamic. So how do, how do you pull that off? Schedule, man. You have to have... okay. There's so many different ways I look at it, right? Everybody says, this is my purpose. My purpose is my business. My, You can have, I'm a strong believer, you can have 5, 10, 20, 30 purposes, yeah, right? Yeah. And when you have all these different purposes, my one purpose could be my son too. 
throw the ball 90 miles an hour. That's the purpose of mine. One of purpose is building a strong relationship with my wife. Another purpose is spending time with them. Another purpose is building these companies and becoming a billionaire. Like there's so many different purposes, but you have to understand is when you're focused on one purpose, that's your purpose. Nothing else matters at the time. So yeah, schedule, yeah. schedule blocking is very important to me and sticking to your schedule. So if I block an hour to spend time talking to you, that's all we have is an hour. If I block yeah. in two hours to spend with my family, my presence is there. My phones are off. Everything's off. I'm, I'm present with my kids. I'm going for bike rides with my kids. I'm doing stuff with my kids. We get home, Jordan, I literally, we, as a family, we spend an hour and a half, minimal, minimal, every day out doing outdoor activity. Outdoor activity. We get home, we have dinner. Okay, let's go. Want to go for a hike? Want to go for a bike ride? Want to go play in the park? We're outdoors because especially with homeschool now, the kids are locked up all day inside the house. I want to make sure they, that we, we get as a family we're doing something active, so we're all exercising. We're all doing something productive. But it's just time blocking and being very precise with your schedule and then studying your schedule. I mean, you look at your schedule, there's tons of white spots in your schedule. No matter who, how busy you are, you're going to have white spots in your schedule. How are you utilizing those white spots? Are you calling your loved ones? Are you calling your mom and your dad? Are you making time to go see them? Are you calling a friend that you haven't talked to in a long time? Make use of those white spots. So actually having your head, okay, I got a white spot here. You know what? I'm going to use that white spot to drive from here to here. I'm going to kill crew, kill two birds, one stone. At the same time, I'm going to grab the phone and, and call, call an old friend. I haven't talked to him in six months. I want to see how he's doing, make sure he's holding up. So make those efforts, but it all starts with focusing on your schedule and being very precise with blocking your schedule. And then a lot of people are like, I don't got time in my schedule. My schedule is so busy. Fucking sacrifice, man. Sorry if I'm swearing. Fucking sacrifice. I'm up at 4.30 every morning. I don't like getting up for those aha morning gurus that say, I'm up at 4.30 and I'm conquering the world. I can't stand it, buddy. I wake up at 4.30 and I'm rubbing my eyes like, what the fuck am I doing? But you know what? In my head, if I get up at 4.30 and I get as much done before 9 o'clock as I possibly can, this allows me to at 2.45 the clock out and be home from 3 to 7 every night, present with my family and not stress about it. So figure out if you don't have enough time, figure out where you can sacrifice. So look at your schedule and be like, I'm going to wake up earlier. I'm going to go to bed a little later, figure out your schedule. And if that doesn't work, then reevaluate your schedule and say, what stuff in my schedule are wasting my time and should get out or which people in my life are wasting my time and should be out. Yeah. I, I, the intentionality that you go through with your schedule is incredible. And the other part I liked is where you were teetering at the end, you were talking about it, where it's just condense it. If you put someone in a 15 minute block, they will not go for 35 minutes. I'm telling you that you go, I got 15 minutes. Let's, let's hear it. Yeah, that's all. That's all it is. And I, I think people really don't value their time. And once you actually have value of your time and realize it's a currency and be like, you know what? Time, time flies by Jordan. And, I, you could sit there and be like five years from now and be like, you know what? I spent an extra 15 minutes on each phone call. Add that up through five years. That could have been an extra one or two days or three days you spend with your, your family member that's not with you anymore. Like look at how valuable time is, understand it and stop fucking wasting it. Stop wasting time because yeah. you're not going to get that back, man. And everything too is a lot of people, they, they dwell on the past too. I mean, talking about time, shit happens. You go through stuff. Um, 
there's certain stuff you need to focus on and, and, and keep with you. Like I said, my father passed away. It, it, I'm, it's been a really hard time for me, but there's certain things where like you lose a job or this happens or that happens and you really, really focus and you're so, and you're so like, you're, you're always thinking of the past. You're putting so much energy and time into what just happened or who says something to you or who didn't like my post or who didn't comment on my post. Like you, you waste so much energy on shit. Stop wasting your energy and your time on stuff that don't matter and stuff that are behind you that you can't change. I always yeah. say at the end of my podcast, keep moving forward. Like that, that's just the way of life is. You just, you got to keep going forward because you ain't going back and going to change anything there. You got to keep making going forward, keep moving forward at all times. Yeah. And it's that perspective of what can I do now to change this situation? 100%. Yeah. I, I completely agree. I think that's a massive distinction because a lot of us, and the other big thing I really enjoyed you talking about is being present. Oh, I'm at this dinner from three to seven. I don't even have my phone. So you can't even contact me. <laughs> it's being present. I, I think that's something that's a lot of, a lot of parents and I focus on dads because um, that's my, my wheelhouse. But I mean, a lot of parents, they're home and they feel like they're being present. They're sitting on the couch. So we're, we're present with my kids. The kids on one couch playing video games or on their iPad. You're on your phone on social media. How is that present? Yeah. It's being present. Like to us being present is like on a Sunday, we'll have, we'll put on some, I don't know, one of our kids things on TV and we'll do a dance off or we'll go, we'll go for like, I have videos. Like we, we have, we, once a week, we have actually like physical races with each other at the park and we competitions and we do competitive things with each other. It's just being able to be focused on that moment. If I'm there, I'm present. I'm focused on that moment. Nothing else matters. Yeah. I love that. And it's building those life experiences together. hundred percent, Jordan. hundred percent. Yeah. And having that deeper conversation, we had a, someone on the podcast, Peter Swain, and he brought up the fact that every night with his kids, they make sure they always have dinner together and they do three, they take this point where it's three uh, gratitudes and his kids are like pretty young and the kids are like, well, why are we doing the gratitude? Like what, what? because you just got to be grateful for everything and it teaches them the habit, the yeah. habitual habit. So for you, you're teaching your kids the habit of let's go outside, let's do activities together when we hang out. Nope. This is how we for a little over 11 years, I haven't met, we haven't missed one dinner together. I love it. We haven't missed one dinner together. And we, and this is something intentionally me and my wife did is we understood from a young age that we wanted to have this open dialogue conversation with our kids. So we use our dinner table as a safe haven. So they would, from a young age, we would just have open conversation, open conversation. So now my daughter is 15 years old. She's sitting down at the dinner table at 15, telling us the things that most 15-year-old girls wouldn't tell their parents because she has that comfort there. And we've done that from day one, so we've built that comfort. So we sit down it's, it's, and, and, and just shut off everything and just talk and have a meal and talk, right? So I think that's very, very important to be able to do that as a family. Yeah, and the key for that to work, how your daughter will be reciprocated, like why she's giving to you is because you gave to her first, being like, hey we got to make transitions in our life to make this work. Like you guys probably had tough conversations with and around her where she hears it. And you're like, okay, how are we going to make the, you know what I mean? You know what I think too, is as parents and especially entrepreneurs, I use my kids to hold me and my wife, but primarily my kids, be honest, to hold me accountable to things. 
And, but I also do it because I know myself when I say something, I'm going to do it. That's besides the point. So I know if I tell them I'm going to do something and then I do it and then I show them I did it, all you're doing is you're building, all you're doing is you're building this, this, this inspiration to them and this, this mindset of, Hey, dad could do it. I could do it. So I'll set a goal. Like for example, in Martin last April, I'm like, I'm going to write a book. And it's going to be a number one seller in 12 months. And I call my kids and I said, today, dad's going to start writing a book. And, and within a year, it'll be a number one seller. And they're looking at me, okay, dad, whatever. I did it. I focused every day. I would write, write, write. Blah, blah. And then all of a sudden in February, 11 months, we became number one seller in 11 categories. And it's like the first people I, I did was, hey, guys, come here. Look at and I, you show them these accomplishments. You show them you're setting goals. You show them you're crushing goals. And you're constantly doing this. So you're setting this example to them, almost like this. This you're building this, this, this visual library of success. So when they are ready to do anything, they'd be like, you know what, I could do this. My dad's done this for so many years. You're setting these things inside them is almost like just these pillars to build inside them that they're unstoppable, right? Absolutely. And they're seeing it real time. It's not like you went back to them and said, Hey, last year I told you about this, that, but they never yeah. real time. I'm starting the book today. Today's day yeah. one of the book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And they would see me write the book. I would, I would be there sitting on the porch and just, I, I wrote it all by hand. I actually did. Oh, wow. yeah, I did old school, buddy. I, it's not a big book. It's only 11,000 page, 11,000 words, little thing, 11, five, whatever. So it's not a big book, seven, seven chapters, but it was just, it was one of those things where I wanted to show them, Hey, I'm, I'm doing this. And, and I, and I, and I used it almost as a, almost like as a, as a form of therapy, right? I would just, just, it was, it was, I would spend 20 minutes a day allotted and that was my writing time. And I would do that. So it's just showing them and showing them the process that is very, very achievable, whatever you try to set your goals or your, your mindset to. I love it. I love it. So for you, I know you focused on parenting and still focus on parenting a lot. So yeah. what are the, what's going on with this fatherhood group with yeah. entrepreneurs and managing it all? How, what's going on? Yeah. So, so last April, um, I, I was coaching entrepreneurs for God almost three, three and a half years. And I think I think we talked about this uh, not prior, but um, I did it in the mindset where there's so many coaches out there that really have never accomplished anything. They're just coaches, right? So I wanted to set a mindset where I wanted to, I always knew I was going to eventually coach, but I thought it would be later on in life. And, and I thought I want to be able to build, 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 show, hey, I've built all these, these businesses, these, these, these companies. So now I have the experience. And then I was at the point where it's like, you know what? I've built enough. Now I want to start coaching. So I actually coached for almost three, three and a half years. I took 64 entrepreneurs under my wing and some of them from startups, some of them just needed help with trademarks. Some of them needed business plans. Some of them I built from start up to seven figure companies and I never charged a penny. It was all about um, building relationships, testing proof of concept for my coaching and also building testimonials out. So I build all these video testimonials, all this stuff. So the pandemic hit, I was like, okay, I got a little bit more time. Both companies were slightly affected by the, oh, they were affected by the pandemic. And I had a little more time and I said, okay, now is maybe a good time to start coaching. And, but there was a whole bunch of things I wanted to just really finish off. So I said, I want to really pick a niche market because I had really studied fatherhood and parenting for about 11, 12 years. Um, so I said, let me get fully certified. So I actually went through a full international certification program, it took about nine months. I got certified as NLP neuro-linguistic programming and I got a life coach. I ain't going to use probably 99% of those things, but I did them just to have them quote unquote. And um, 
and then I built this platform, um, took pen to paper, wrote the book, and I built this platform called Entrepreneur, uh, it's for an entrepreneurial dad, it's called Man's Purpose. And I wanted to build a community out. So a lot of these coaching platforms are these massive, massive coaching platforms, and they charge thousands and thousands of dollars a month to be coached. I'm like, I, especially with the pandemic and all these small mom and pop businesses being affected, I wanted to build a community where guys could come and talk about fatherhood, talk to other dads, but at the same time too, I could weekly be able to give them hip tips and help them with their businesses to help them get to the next level. So I built this, I'm starting to build this community where it's once a week, we all meet, I coach everybody. So if anybody has any questions, we pick a hot topic of the week and then we talk a little fatherhood. Um, and then I have something that I think the biggest thing with entrepreneurs is accountability. So once a week, you have to answer these five questions. We, my staff reads them. I read them to make sure you're on, you're setting, you're set your goals. You're on track with your goals. So every week you're, you're forced to answer these questions. And through the whole process, I'm charging 47 bucks a month, which is like 35 us a month. And you're getting coached once a week. You're getting an on track platform, uh, which is for accountability. We have a weekly reflection journal. We ask you to fill out. So you got, you got literally like three, $4,000 in value for literally 35 bucks us a month. And the whole idea is I want to be able to give this so people don't think about it. And, and we're going to eventually have thousands of people over the years on this program where we're helping as many entrepreneurs get to the next level and, and get the guidance they need. And especially if they can't afford it, this, this is something that's affordable for most people, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I completely agree with that. And I love groups in that dynamic because what they offer is first of all, top of mind awareness. These guys are constantly thinking about being fathers. It's not, Hey, we're coming. Let me go to my mastermind and just do business stuff. It's, Hey, you, I heard you explain the group. There's a portion about fatherhood. So yeah. they're constantly thinking about that and they bring that back to that group. The yeah. second thing that's awesome is the different perspectives being a dad is like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of dads out there, but who are the good ones? Who knows what that's going on? Who likes it? And it's hard to get a group of 10, 20, 30, 1,000 different perspectives of, hey, how would you handle this situation? I have no idea. But now you have the groups to back each other up and you can talk through those different ideas. Yeah. I think it's absolutely incredible. I, the mastermind groups, there's so much value there. And if you're a father entrepreneur, you got to be checking out Jeff. Jeff, I know our time's running low. Yeah. Us, where can we find you? Where can we get involved in your group? How's it work? Yeah. So um, if, on, if you're going to through social media, we're on all the platforms, but I'm more um, on IG, Instagram than any of the other platforms. Just is at Jeff Lopes, J-F-F-L-O-P-E-S. You can hit me out there, DM me. I'm, I always respond to my messages. And if you're an entrepreneurial dad, dad hustle, you could, uh, you could uh, check it out at... Uh, jeffreylopes.com uh, is j-e-f-f-r-e-y-l-o-p-e-s.com and um yeah check it out Demi message like i said it's 47 Canadian, roughly comes out to around 35 us a month and you actually get live i'm there i'm actually physically there live coaching once a week every friday and uh and and everybody that's joined so far and we have a really we built a really good quick community in the last five weeks six weeks and everybody loves it so far. Everybody loves it. Everybody's um, really, really getting tons of value out of it. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate that. Anybody uh, comes our way, I'd be more than happy to serve you. And I appreciate this platform, Jordan. Thank you so much for this, brother. Absolutely. You've been a great friend and we're excited to have you on here. Thank you. Thank you for reaching the end of the podcast. For that, we'll give you a complimentary coaching session in the link below with Edwards Consulting. Hope to see you there and have a great day and keep clocking in. 
Thank you for reaching the end of the podcast. For that, we'll give you a complimentary coaching session in the link below with Edwards Consulting. Hope to see you there and have a great day and keep clocking in.